0: The Orient and Oriental ways have always been a puzzle to the West. The shrines, tea houses, ancient rites, pagodas in Kyoto, the Hall of Dreams, the amalgam of art and artifacts, all having dark and sealed meanings, most of which escapes us. As it did Franklin Phillips, who thought a curse was a blessing in disguise. Can I show you something in antiques?
1: A few weeks ago, you sold a Japanese temple gong to my wife.
2: I never sold it. I never had such a thing in my store. Of course you
1: sold it. Remember? Japanese, six bells on a silken cord.
2: I never had such a thing in my life. What are you talking about? I tell you I never sold it. You are in the wrong store.
0: Our drama, The Secret of the Fifth Bell was adapted from a story by Jacques Futrelle, especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis, and stars Earl Hammond. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. We're about as far from the humble worship of Buddhism as time, place, and intent can take us. But before this story is done, we shall be drawn back to that ancient worship. At this moment, however, our concern is with a mansion on the northeast coast, particularly with its owner, who sits astride shipping lines, oil fields, factories, and stock exchanges like a colossus, wielding the dollar wand over an empire. Meet Franklin Phillips, whose wife softly enters the great man's study and kisses him. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Miss Sweetheart, what a nice
1: surprise to see you in the middle of the day. Oh,
2: Frank, dear, did you think I'd forgotten your birthday? I know you don't like being disturbed when you're working at home, but this once I shall. By oh,
3: golly, I'm 50 years old today.
2: And I have a present for you. Uh, Giles, bring in the box. Uh, yes. Happy birthday to you, Mr. Phillips. Set the box right here on his desk, Giles. I'll open it.
3: 50 years
2: yeah, that's
1: half a century. Oh, <laughs> you Temple bells. Giles, give Mrs. Phillips a hand. She'll never be able to lift those. Uh-huh. Six of them all tied together, all different sizes. Hold them up high, Giles. Yes, sir. Oh, they're, they're bronze, aren't they?
2: Yes.
1: Norma, I've never seen anything like them. Sort of inverted bowls hung one on top of the other.
2: And very, very old... Oh, look at the workmanship, Frank. That lovely design. You know, what attracted me was a circle with three dots inside and three rays extending from it. Which bell was it on? Can you spot it, Frank?
1: Uh... There it is, Norma. The circle with the three rays at the bottom of the fifth bell. Ah, yes. Norma, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever received. It's worth being half a century old for. Oh,
2: come now.
1: We'll hang it right up here in front of the west window, where I can always see it from my desk. Norma, to you goes the honor of striking the first bell. Here's a letter opener.
2: It's the fifth bell that intrigues
1: me. Childs, hold the bells higher, please. Yes, sir.
2: All right, here goes.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Giles, what is it that Kipling said?
2: Oh, Frank, aren't you asking a little much of your administrative secretary? Oh,
1: Giles will know. He knows
2: everything. Well, at least let him put the bells down on your desk before his arm falls off. They're heavy. Uh, may I, sir? Yes, well, I think the phrase Mr. Phillips was
3: referring to is east is east and west is west. And never the twain shall meet. Of course.
1: and And, and these bells prove old Rudyard was wrong. They suit me perfectly and will look great hanging up here.
2: Well, I haven't the faintest idea where they're from. Neither did the lady who sold them to me. She just knew they were very, very
3: old. Any ideas, Giles? Well, I would venture to say, sir, they are ancient Japanese, probably early 7th century, and most likely hung in one of the temples of the Horyuji at Nara. (laughs)
1: Come in here. Uh, yes,
3: what is it, sir? It just rang. Uh, what, twice. What, what did? One of the bells there from where it's hanging. Well, uh, maybe the breeze from the window caught it.
1: Yeah. You see, it did it again. You were right here, Giles.
3: You heard it. It's strange. Uh, do you know which bell was round? No, I'm not sure. Well, why don't we try them all, one at a time? Then we'll know
2: which one it was. Do come in, Frank. Dinner will be ready when our guest arrives. Let me, let me sit down a moment. Oh, what is it, dear? It's not like you to break off from work this early. Has anything gone wrong?
1: No, no, nothing's gone wrong. Business is booming, but.
2: But what?
1: Well, can you tell me where you got that Japanese gong? Oh,
2: well, of course I can. It's been in the window of this curio shop. And I've been passing it for months on my way to the community fund. So, one day I just went in and bought it. The shop's called Wagner's. It's on Cranston Street. An old German lady runs it.
1: Why? Did you pay a lot for it?
2: Oh, do you think I'm going to tell you? I'd say enough, but not too much. Well, I was just
1: wondering how valuable it is.
2: Well, I like that. I never ask you how much you spend for my presents. But it'll be easy enough to find out what it's worth tonight, won't it? It will. Well, certainly, dear. Have you forgotten? We have Mr. Okumatsumi from your Japanese electronic subsidiary coming for dinner. Oh, it
1: completely went out of my head. Are you the proprietor?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: You're Mrs. Wagner. Yeah,
2: Elizabeth Wagner. Can I show you some antiques?
1: Well, a few weeks ago, you sold a Japanese gong, actually six bells, different sizes, on a silken rope. I never sold it.
2: I never had a Japanese gong in my shop.
1: Well, of course you sold it. Do you understand? Japanese six bells on None. a silken cord? I
2: never had such a thing in my life. What are you talking about? I tell you, I never sold it. You are in the wrong store. Excellent be Mrs. Phelps. My compliments. Oh, Mr. Matsumi, our pleasure. I'm always delighted when a guest eats everything on his plate. Uh, most satisfying. You have very tasty, fat partridge in your country.
1: Uh, by the way, Matsumi, there's something I'd like to show you. Uh, Join me in my study, will you? Uh, how about some more sake? Uh,
3: no, thank you. When I travel, I prefer scotch.
1: Well, scotch, we have too. Uh, this is my study. I handle all my business from that desk. Different color phones, different color businesses.
3: Ah, uh, so very color. Those birds hanging by the window.
1: Ah, uh, you spotted them. Where did you get them? Do you like them? Your present from my wife. Excuse
3: me. May I ask for silence, please? What so me?
1: Why do you do that?
3: Uh, I beg your pardon?
1: Bowing down before the bells and then putting your right hand out and up as if making some
3: symbol in the air? Uh, honored Phillips, my good friend. You could not understand significance, even if I told you... Well, I didn't mean to be disrespectful. On the contrary,
1: Matsumi, I'm curious, and I, I wish to learn. I would like to
3: examine more closely, with your permission. Well, my house is yours. What would you like to do? May I... To touch this one bell with my finger. Ah. You have had this... Acquisition a long time? Mm, Just a week. And have you noticed anything out of the ordinary? Matter of fact, I have. It rings, does it not? The fifth bell by itself.
1: Exactly by itself. For no reason. But
3: you have not heard it ring 11 times. No. Ah. You will forgive me for the suggestion, but would you be wearing... To part with it. Oh,
1: I couldn't. As I told you, it was given to me by my wife as a a special gift.
3: Then no offer I might make would be considered.
1: No, much only certainly not.
3: Then could you inform me where your wife bought it? Well, in a little curio shop
1: on Cranston Street. I can't remember the address. But the proprietor is a German lady by the name of Elizabeth Wagner.
3: Thank you. It may be the shop... As
1: another? I don't believe so, but it's worth a try.
3: Mr. Phillips? Yes, Giles? Uh, how did your dinner meeting go last night with Okumatsumi? Uh, what? Uh, did you get them to increase their production of the 16K dynamic RAM chips?
1: Well, it was never a problem. I don't know why the man came here. We're in touch by phone twice a week. The entire evening, not one word about production. Well,
3: he had a good American meal. But that's
1: not why he came. I'm wondering if it didn't have something to do with those bells. Let's speak of the devil. Five, six, seven. This is going to drive me up the walls.
2: Frank, may I come in?
1: Please do. Come in, darling. My one note of sanity. Giles was just leaving. Oh, Giles, the only letter I didn't sign was the one to Venezuela Petroleum. Redo it, Giles, as I've indicated in the margin.
0: Nine tomorrow,
3: sir?
1: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, come anyway, you have the key. I may ask you to take that little spare bedroom by the library for a few days. I may have to do some late-night dictation.
3: Well, that's quite all right with me, Mr. Phillips. Good night, sir. Uh, Good night, Mrs. Phillips.
2: Good night. I don't know that it's good for you to be working late hours, Frank. Good for me? Well, you're getting awfully jumpy these days. I wish you'd go see Dr. Milburn.
1: Is that why you came in here? To tell me I was getting on your nerves?
2: Oh, you're getting on your own nerves, Frank. I came to ask you whether you particularly care for those Japanese bells you've hung up there
1: why do you ask me that? What suddenly made you ask me that?
2: Well, remember I told you I'd bought it from a German dealer on Cranston Street. A Mrs. Wagner. Well, this afternoon she sent a messenger with a note asking if I'd sell it back to her for $2,000. She must have found out it was more valuable than she thought. Oh, Frank, $2,000 would make such a nice donation to my community fund. You mean she wants to buy it back now after what she told me? What was that?
1: Well, oh, never mind. No, no, don't sell it to her. Not at any price. I want it. I'll give you a check to 2000 for your fund.
3: What is it, Giles? Uh, as I was leaving, a messenger handed me this note for you, Mrs. Phillips. Said he'd wait for an answer.
2: A note for me?
3: Well, what does it say?
2: Well, it's another message from the curio shop dealer. Oh, now she offers 5000
1: Whole thousand dollars Well, if old Mrs. keeps raising the ante It's going to add a great deal to your community fund Hand me my checkbook, will you, darling? Charles Tell the messenger there's no reply
0: Franklin Phillips is nothing else if not stubborn Is it because he must probe the secret of the fifth bell? Of course it is Phillips is a man not easily dissuaded or defeated, but the very tenacity that has earned him world power may be his undoing. I shall return shortly with Act Two. There's been a definite change in Frank Phillips in the last month. He's not the freewheeling financier he once was. Completely in command of himself, a captain of industries, five-star general of omnipotence. Today, his face is pale, his hands twitch, his eyes roam, and he seems always to be on the alert, listening, waiting. He sends for the one man whose reputation for fathoming the unfathomable is
1: worldwide. Then, Dearson, I'll pay anything if you can put my mind at rest.
3: Frank? We went to college together. I turned to solving crimes and you to controlling cartels. Forgive me, I'm
1: so beside myself with worry. I've forgotten simple courtesy and politeness. How are you? It's been years. Do you keep up with your music?
3: Oh, yes, yes, yes. I still play the violin. Not well, but... I finish everything I begin.
1: <laughs> That's Van Dusen, all right. In all areas, you were always magnificently thorough.
3: Well, all right, Frank. Uh, what is it that uh, plagues you?
1: Those bells there hanging over the west window.
3: Mm, yes, yes, I was admiring them. Beautiful, beautiful ancient art. I am always waiting
1: for one of them to ring. Myself? Without anyone touching it or even being near it.
3: They have rung by themselves?
1: One of them has. Now, I know it sounds impossible, absurd, but I find I wake up at night trembling, and then I can't get back to sleep. I, I lie awake for hours waiting. Here, when I'm at work at this desk as I'm sitting now, I am, I am filled with fear. Even as I talk to you, I'm waiting for that sound. No one hits it. It doesn't even move.
3: A tone just comes out of it. Now, uh, Frank, you're uh, torturing yourself, not because the bell may ring, but because your common sense tells you that the bell cannot and does not make any sound at all. So you have worked yourself into a state and are afraid you may be going mad. I I, I know that the bell is an inanimate thing, but it acts as if it were alive. Well, I'll, uh, I'll try to help you, Frank. I have a few matters to wind up. I'll be here the day after tomorrow. You will.
1: I feel so much better now. You were my last hope.
2: Frank. Frank, look up! Huh? There's a dead body downstairs in the study. In the room where you work. Wh- what? How do you know? Well, I went in to open the windows and air the room, just as I do every morning. Oh, there's blood all over the carpet right under those awful Japanese bells. Did
1: you call the police?
2: I didn't know what to do.
1: Well, where's Giles?
2: He hasn't arrived yet.
1: Giles should be here. He's staying here. I asked him to take a little room off the library because I've been working at night.
2: Well, oh, then he's not there. I passed it just now. The door's open. There's no one in the room.
1: Hand me that telephone, Norma. First thing... Is to call the police.
3: Didn't you hear me? Oh, yes, hello, Mallory. Yes, yes, I heard you. I've been trying to get you on the phone since noon, Van, but you don't answer it. I never do while I'm practicing. Oh, I see. Are you giving a concert? No, no, but I may give someone the old heave-ho, even though he is the chief inspector of our renowned Boston Police Force. Listen to me. What I need is a combination doctor, medicine man, scientist, practicing psychologist. In other words, myself. I haven't finished and an expert in oriental art. Shall I go on? Hey, well, I'll listen, but I make no promises. Uh, this morning a dead woman was discovered in the house of Frank Phillips. Hmm. A dead woman. Not Mrs. Phillips. Oh, no, 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 no. So far unidentified. Uh, you do mean the Frank Phillips? Ah, uh, none other. Well, that's my case. <laughs> Mrs. Phillips, I'm Dr. Van Dusen. I knew Frank from college. Now, Detective Mallory here asked me to help him on this case. Uh, May I talk to your husband?
2: I'm afraid not. He's in some kind of a shock. We called our doctor, who's given him something to sleep. Uh, Was it you who discovered the unfortunate body? He was wearing trousers, so I, I thought first it was a man... But I was told it it was a woman. I didn't want to look.
3: Uh, Mrs. Phillips, I'm afraid you'll have to. Everyone in your house will be asked to try to identify the victim. Uh, did uh, Frank see the victim?
2: Yes, yes, he did. It, it, it was before the police arrived. He bent down. I, I think he knew who it was.
3: Well, there's no point in delaying the identification any longer. The boys outside are waiting to remove the remains... Suppose you go in first, ma'am And then I'll call in the rest of your staff It's
2: her The woman in the antique shop It's her
3: You recognize the victim
2: Oh, I'm pretty sure I, I saw her only once But it looks like her Her name, Mrs. Phillips Do you know it? Elizabeth Wagner. She's German. I bought those bells from her up there. And then she wrote me twice trying to buy them back. That's interesting. Make you a good offer? Oh, Frank wouldn't let me accept it. He was adamant.
3: Sounds to me, Van, like they turned out to be a lot more valuable than this Mrs. Wagner originally thought. Uh, Or someone else came to her with a much better offer. Mrs. Phillips, has anyone been a guest here and seen the bells since they were purchased?
2: Well, I'm not sure. I... Oh, yes, yes. There was Mr. Okumatsumi. He's in business with Frank in Tokyo. And uh, this Mr. Okumatsumi, did he admire it? Well, that's what my husband said, Inspector. Offered a fortune to buy it. Frank turned him down flat, too. Inspector Miss Van Duzen, come over here where I'm standing by the window. Um, uh, Look down there in the street right across the way. That's him. Who? Mr. Matsumi. He's watching this house. Why is he there? He told Frank he was taking the next plane back to Tokyo. Oh, this is just all too much. Do I have to stay in this room any longer? I feel terribly
3: weak. No, no, of course not, of course not. Here, let me take you to the door. You Thank can you. take my arm. Here you are. Now, are. you are you sure you can make it to your room all right?
2: Yes, yes, I, I can. You're a dear. Oh, Frank told me what a good friend you were. And how happy he was to see you again. I think I'll just go lie down.
3: Mallory? Is that Japanese still watching this house, hmm? No, he's gone. What do you know about these six bells? Well, if they aren't from the Horyujiu at Nara, I'll eat them. Is that a famous place? <laughs> Unparalleled in Japan. Oh, it's a fabulous monastery built by, by a Prince Shotoku in 607. And I've got a feeling that those bells belong there. Ah, stolen. Give you an idea, of their beauty. Now I'll hit one of them with a pencil. What pencil, Mallory? Mm-hmm. Mallory on the fifth bell. Look, a smudge of blood. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're in luck. I'll get this dusted for prints. We just may have our first big lead. Mm-hmm. Ah, I never did like the morgue in the morning. <laughs> Identifying cold bodies is a part of a criminologist's job I can do without. That's true enough for sure. There's a lot of detail to police work that's slightly on the macabre side. Mm. Okay, Charlie, you can pull the lady out of the locker. Mm. Now, the medical examiner said there was one shot penetrating the skull from the rear. The body must have dropped like a sack of lead. Whose body? Ah, I thought you'd ask. Now that's why I'm down here. I had a couple of pigeons stop by just now and they identified her. Granny Liz, also known as Elizabeth Wagner. Been on the books since I was playing hopscotch. A fence, stolen goods, keeps on the move. 17 Cranston Street was the longest that wanted address. Insurance companies would call her first. Oh, she made good money in her time. Mm -hmm. She won't be making any more. I'd say she's probably better off where she is. Okay, Charlie, roll her back. Any leads? On the perpetrator? I think so. This, uh, personal secretary of Phillips name, Giles Francis, well, more of an administrative assistant. What meaning? He knows everything there is to know about his boss. Now, according to Mrs. Phillips, Francis was living on the premises and hasn't shown up since the morning the body was discovered. Not at his own apartment, either. Nowhere. Left his clothes, toothbrush, electric razor, even a billfold with money behind him. Left in a panic. He looks like our suspect. We'll get him. Well, if this lady, France, was shot through the head and died instantly, she didn't leave her blood on that bill. But somebody else did. We're uh, still checking for fingerprints. (laughs) Frank, Frank, I hate to pursue this when you're not feeling well, but uh, the sooner Inspector Mallory and I know everything we can, the sooner we'll get to the end of it. What time did you first see the body?
1: Well, Norma found it first, I got to it at about 8.30. Uh-huh. Right there on the floor with the chalk marks are. Face down? I don't remember. I recognized her right away. Well, you must have turned it over. I I, I, I don't know, I don't remember. The window was open, but the door was locked. I saw a blood on the fifth bell. You saw that? Yeah, it was her blood. I must have fainted. I don't know. When I, when I came to, they'd they put me to bed.
3: Hmm. Now think back to the first time that bell rang. Do you remember the date?
1: Remember the date? Yes. Well, yes, it was the day after my birthday, Tuesday. The 11th of the month. Norma had just bought me the bells, and The next day I forced the market up to a record price on a whole fleet of container cars I own. I made a bundle of... You guys, are you two just going to stand there and keep asking questions? Now,
3: Frank, Frank, to know the facts, we have to ask the questions. Well, then
1: come back some other time. I can't talk to you anymore.
3: Frank... Remember, you just said when you first heard the bell ring, for no reason it was the day after your birthday. And you got a record price for a whole fleet of container railroad cars. Now, that is what I want you to remember about Franklin Phillips. Not being 50 or feeling old or building up some some booters bogey. You've got everything to live for. And Inspector Mallory and I will see to it that you do.
0: murder committed in a wealthy man's house unnerving more alarming still the unpredictable tolling of a temple gong when will it strike next this unexpected sound challenges understanding is beyond imagination we can achieve nothing until we imagine it and only so far as the human brain can imagine can it comprehend i shall return shortly with act three ancient Japanese bell peals day or night in the house of Franklin Phillips. There has been a murder of a woman with a criminal record. The young executive secretary to Phillips has disappeared, and the financier himself, haunted by the bell that feeds on his fears, is gradually losing control of himself, is close to the edge of madness.
1: Can't you two understand how I feel? I must know what it is that makes the bell toll when it does. Have they located Giles Francis yet?
3: Uh, No, no, not yet, but they will. You'd uh, given him a gun, Frank, hadn't you? Of course. There's always
1: the chance of a burglar plenty to steal in this house, and Giles was an excellent shot, too.
3: You're implying... Nothing uh... at all.
1: Draw your own conclusions.
3: Yes, well, one last question, Frank. This is Mr. Uh, Oku Matsumi from Japan. Have you ever met him before? No, not in person. He...
1: Wired me from Tokyo. He was on his way. Why, why? What are you getting at? Well,
3: I'm only trying to ascertain whether he was Okumatsumi or not. I never asked to see his passport. I, I, I feel trapped. No
1: getting away hemmed in by all this. And I can't reason it out. I'm in a swamp
3: of fog. Well, to me, Frank, it's all quite clear. One vital point needs answering. Once done, that'll be it.
1: You have a solution?
3: Depending on the answer. If it's affirmative, I know that an Oriental mind, such as a Japanese, could have conceived this affair. The answer is negative. And then the entire matter becomes ridiculously simple. and where have you been? Making inquiries, Inspector. Oh, I know that. One of my men tells me you entered the hotel opposite the Phillips Mansion, that you went to the rear of the second floor at the end of a hall and looked out of a large plate-glass window overlooking the city. And then you walked to the other end of the hall and stood staring out at the Phillips place across the street. Well, I don't know why you bother asking me when your men are so observant. We know where you went. But not why. Mallory, I've written here a list of information I'll need urgently. Now, I'm due back at Frank Phillips, so I must go. Oh, hold on a minute. Give me a chance to look at these questions of yours. Was there a storm the midnight before finding the body? Direction and velocity of the wind. Get complete local weather report for tonight. What is all this? What's it got to do with the murder and the ringing bell? Everything, Inspector. Uh Oh. Oh, by the way, I've got bad news for you. That fingerprint or prints? Hmm? Too smudged for identification. Yes, well, I was afraid that would be the case. Now, as soon as you get that meteorological information, bring it to me at Phillips, will you? Are you going straight back there? No. No, I'm stopping off at my place first. Picking up my violin and a champagne glass.
2: Mr. Mitsumi, what a surprise. Uh, Mrs. Hansen said you were downstairs and wished to see me. Yes, honorable, madame. I thought you were leaving for Tokyo days ago.
3: Uh, unexpected developments compared my remaining
2: in your fair city. How is your husband? Well, I trust... Well, he would have come down himself to greet you, but uh, he has not been well lately.
3: Ah, so. The bells have rung?
2: What made you say that?
3: Mrs. Phillips, the power of our ancient ceremonies transcend the ages. A man of such resources as Mr. Phillips must have realized America is not the proper home
2: for those bells. Oh, I don't agree museums and private collectors the world over have artifacts from ancient Egypt, China, ancient Rome. Oh, forgive me. Those are dead
3: objects, Mrs. Phillips. These ancient temple birds are alive. You frighten me. I have no desire to do so. I hope my warning comes not too late. This envelope... Is for Mr. Phillips, when he has recovered, insist that he read it. Good day, Mrs. Phillips.
2: And as soon as he handed me this envelope, Dr. Van Dusen, he disappeared.
3: Uh, May I take charge of the letter? yes.
2: Here. What does it mean? What's written on the outside?
3: Uh, Well, just what it says, Norma. To be opened when the fifth bell rings 11 times. And for the present, I'll hang on to it. I don't want to add another worry to Frank right now.
2: No, oh, he is better, though. Mm.
3: Then do you think he could be persuaded to come down to the study?
2: I think so. I know he always feels more secure when he sees you.
1: Well,
2: yeah, it's good to see you, Frank.
1: It's good to be on my feet. I think I've shaken that weak feeling.
3: Yes. Well, I think I can make this fast, Frank. Logic always works fast. It's the sum total of fact as inevitable as two and two making four. Excuse
2: me. Hello? Oh, who do you want to talk to? Oh, yes. Yes, he's here. It's for you, Dr. Van Dusen. Oh,
3: thank you. Van Dusen here. Uh-huh. uh uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, he's on his way, eh? Right. Thank you. Well, the weather tonight, light wind from the east, four miles an hour. Norma, Frank, in uh, two minutes, 15 seconds from now, that fifth bell will sound ten times. A woman was shot here. A bloody fingerprint left on that bell, a door locked from the inside, the east window opened. Giles Francis is missing. That much we know. Yet no one heard a revolver go off. It was thundering that night, possible explanation. Why did the Curio dealer sneak into the house? I was obviously to steal what you couldn't buy back. There's one minute and five seconds and the bell will ring. But to come back to that night, a shot fired. Now moments later, the bell starts to ring. It must have been nerve-wracking, terrifying. Blood on his hand from trying to see who the prowler was. The person with the gun runs to the bell and tries to stop its sound, and then he runs out. Not a bad theory, Van, but it's not fact. Oh, well, I didn't hear you come in, Mallory. Well, I brought with me a friend of Mr. Phillips. Oh, perhaps not a friend anymore, but a former employee. Giles Francis, Would just step forward. Well, what are you doing here? Giles, you promised that... Yes, I had to come back. I didn't shoot anyone that night. It was him. Ah. You, Frank.
1: My property. She wanted to steal it. Man's house is his castle. Common burglar. Yes, I shot her.
3: There goes the bell on the button.
1: It knows. It hears me. It's alive. Norma, help me up.
3: I've got to
1: stop. It's ringing. What are you looking at me for? I didn't know who it was. I got them with one shot, and then I turned the body over, you see? Who was it? Who would come here? And then the bell started tolling like John Donne says he tolled for me. I couldn't stand it it. I held on to it.
3: I couldn't make it stop ringing until it wanted to stop. All right now, Mr. Phillips, would you just come over here with me for a moment? I want you to calm down.
2: Frank is in a terrible state, Dr. Van Dusen. You can see for yourself.
3: Uh, I think I can convince him, if you'll let me, that there is
2: nothing to fear. Oh, what about that note from the Japanese? To be opened when the bell rang eleven times. Oh,
3: that's hogwash, Norma. There are natural explanations for the occasional ringing. What are you two whispering about? Frank. Frank, listen. The ringing of the bell at any time is a purely physical phenomenon. But they're after me. They want it
1: back in the Temple of Buddha. Over my dead body, they'll get it. Uh,
3: Frank, Frank, that is nonsense. Do you know what activates the fifth bell? Hmm? Vibration. Sound waves. Where does it come from? The town hall clock half a mile away. Now, the sound travels through the second floor hall of the hotel across the street, through your east window, and activates the fifth bell.
2: It's uh, like a
3: a tuning form.
2: But why not all the time? Why only sometimes? Well, a
3: gust of air, even a person walking through the hotel can interrupt the vibration. No. No, that is... That isn't so, Oh,
2: Frank. He's fainting.
3: Uh, well, he, he he's overwrought, Norma. You know, killing someone, even a robber, their blood on your hands. It's it's traumatic. Now, on top of that, he's so convinced an evil spirit of some ancient is out to get him, so he he just isn't prepared to accept the truth. Now, you call the doctor immediately. <laughs> Uh, what did the doctor say uh, just now before he left?
2: He said not to worry.
3: Hmm.
2: Well, Norma,
3: I'm uh, I'm packing it in. That's enough for one day. I'll take my violin and go.
2: I meant to ask you why you brought it. Oh, excuse me. At night, if it's late and someone comes to the door, the butler sounds a buzzer. We don't generally admit anyone after ten. I'll just pick up the wall phone. him. Uh, yes, who is it? It's Inspector Mallory,
3: Mrs. Phillips. I know it's late, but uh, may I speak with
2: you a moment? Oh, well, certainly. Meet us in the study. You know the way. That was Inspector Mallory. Shall we go down? Welcome back, Inspector.
3: Well, oh, now, I hope you'll forgive me. I had an idea, and so to test it, I wanted to have another look at that fifth bell. You see, uh, that circle with the three dots inside and the three rays. I think it has a meaning. Yes, it probably does, but that's not the reason it keeps ringing. I thought I proved it to you. Oh, not to me, Van. The idea of a vibration leaving a town hall clock a half a mile away, running the length of a hotel hall, and then jumping across the street to get this bell to ring. No. No, could never happen. No vibrations of that power. Well, Norma, with your permission, I'd like to give you all a little private concert. Now, excuse me while I open my violin case. Now, we will begin tonight's concert by tapping the edge of the champagne glass. Now, taking up my violin, I will try to play the same tone sung to us by the glass. Uh, Norma... Uh, Please take this glass and place it on the mantelpiece. Thank you. Now, I draw my bow across the violin strings at the same pitch as the champagne glass. There. The glass shatters across the room. Vibrations. Not powerful enough, eh, Inspector? (laughs) It works just as well half a mile away as inside this room. And you don't need a Stradivarius to prove it. Welcome, Inspector. You're just in time for the Allegro movement. Now I haven't time for that, Van Dusen. (sighs) Yes, well, I know what that means. Problems. Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately. I thought Frank gave you a statement And in view of shooting a prowler and so on You uh, dropped any conspiracy charges We did But I learned today from Mr. Phillips That you had a note to be given to Phillips A note? Oh, note, yes, yes. From, from that Roku uh, Matsumi It said that when the bell rang 11 times That was the end of Phillips or so words to that effect I mean, I'm sorry I threw it away It's uh, just superstitious rots right, Listen to me Yesterday was the 11th day since Frank Phillips tried to stop that fifth bell from ringing 11 times. Well, this morning he's dead. His wife called me. I brought along the medical examiner, Ern. He had a look at him. Oh, dear. Poor man. Heart failure, I suppose. I don't believe that. His heart stopped, all right. But not from natural causes. Oh, Come on now. The man was on the edge of a total breakdown. And do you remember the markings on that fifth bell? A circle with three dots and three rays extending from it? I saw those same marks on Philip's forehead. <laughs>
0: for the principles Professor Van Dusen lives by. A belief that imagination is essential to solve any given problem. That all material problems can be solved. And that in meeting them, logic is the lever. I think perhaps our crime-solving friend won't be as inflexible in the future, don't you? I shall return shortly. when the incredible no longer surprises us. We can accept today what yesterday would have been laughed at and the day before would have caused us torture at the stake. Our premise on Mystery Theater is not only to open a confounding world to your dial, but to open your mind to the scientific acknowledgement that there is no such thing as the impossible. Or as Napoleon once said in another context, impossible, there's no such word in French. Our cast included Earl Hammond, Arnold Moss, Joyce Gordon, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale.
2: Did you say Morley? Uh, Mr. Morley Norcross. He's sitting in the garden by the fountain. There's no one sitting in the garden, Miss Phillips. No one? Why, he's gone. And the door's locked. Of course. Why are you looking at me like that, Mrs. Broly? Miss Phillips, finding this key put a very old woman to considerable trouble. Now, I don't mind that. I'm accustomed to it and delighted to make my tenants as comfortable as possible. But I don't like having games played on me, Miss Phillips. I don't enjoy being made a fool of.
0: This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.
3: Thanks for joining us for the WAKR Radio Mystery Theater. We hope you've enjoyed tonight's mystery and that you'll join us again tonight at 11.15 for the WAKR Radio Mystery Theater. The best way to enjoy our mystery is with the lights out. out. So tonight at 1115, lock all the doors and windows, turn out the lights, and listen to E.G. Marshall when he opens the squeaky door to the WAKR Radio Mystery Theater
0: exclusively in Akron Canton on 1590 WAKR. Good night. to waste it. We often want to kill it, but...